Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson. With you, as always, Taylor Wells. Episode 110 coming at you folks today. And boy, oh boy, this is a special one because this is the first one where you get to see our ugly mugs on YouTube. Yeah, te- technically the uh, second second time we're going to be uh, showing our ugly faces on YouTube. But yeah, it's the first one for the podcast itself. So yeah, I, I mean, this is what I got to do every every week. So you guys have to just fucking suffer with me and stare at Chance. So. You're going to have to deal with it. For, well, I guess not. You could still listen to us in audio, but sure. we are now... The long-awaited time has come. We are now on YouTube, thanks to uh, the Hockey Podcast Network for facilitating some software for us. Uh, we are now on YouTube, so you can listen live. Well, or I mean, guess we could do live. Uh, but you can go jump on there and watch us anytime you'd like. Play us in the background. Um, ignore us if you want for good white noise. You know, whatever it may be, uh, we are now available on YouTube. So that's exciting. We're only like 20 years behind the YouTube uh, craze but it's fine <laughs> i feel like i feel like that's pretty good i just i just i just saw charlie and the unicorn is that a new video <laughs> the first first video i ever made with a buddy that i put on youtube was uh he decided to we, we decided to screw like you know from a lunch cart the like wheels and stuff onto the bottom of a foosball table mm. and then play foosball down this fucking hill and so we're running next to the foosball table trying to play foosball against each other. Yeah, I think we had like two views. It was pretty sick. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. good shit. Yeah, old, that's where my the, comedy career started. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the old days of YouTube. God, there's so many great. Yeah. I, um, there was uh, when the, my girlfriend's kid came up to me and she's like, I just, just watch old Greg. And I'm like, wow. Wow, welcome. You're just catching up. Or the, or the duck song. The duck, duck song comes up. Do you, do you have any grapes? Yep. And then the uh, or the uh, like I was the there shoes. 84 years ago. Shoes video was on there, yep. right? And, uh, yep. Yep. The, the golden age I, of YouTube. The other one I just watched recently is uh, you ever seen Nature Walk? No. Oh God, he's like out in the woods and he's just fucking. He's you just pointing out trees and shit. Oh shit! Awesome. Oh, that's, that's fucking great. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, um, as Taylor kind of alluded to, uh, this is not just our first time uh, doing some video here this week. Uh, what was it, Tuesday? What's Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday, we jumped on the Hockey Podcast Network's live watch party for the Kraken and Dallas Stars for Game 3, and uh, Game 4, rather. And that was an absolute fucking blast. How'd you, how'd, how'd you like that, Taylor? I liked everything but the score of the game. Agreed. But yeah, no, it's great. We had we had a, a couple people we knew pop on, which was kind of fun to talk a little bit of shit to them. And then just some people who were kind of yeah, just looking looking for the uh, mostly the Hockey Podcast Network streaming site to listen to somebody talk about the Kraken versus Dallas. And so a uh, ton of engagement. We, we, we actually ran into, you know, just just uh, met some new friends. So we did. Uh, if you guys are well, are coming to the show from that stream, welcome. We appreciate that you guys are finally jumping on and and discovered us. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening in or watching wherever you may be or however sure. you're taking in the show. Uh, yeah, that, that was an absolute blast. I loved engaging with people on there. Yeah, uh, that was super cool. And then just you know being able to being in a room of people like it's it's like you're you know bellied up to the bar watching yeah. a game with everybody that's also interested in the game. Yeah. Uh, 
so that I, I love that atmosphere and uh, we will definitely be doing that again uh, here in the not too distant future. Sure. We might be pretty sad because the Kraken are on the precipice of being knocked out. Yeah. I mean, if we do the next game, they're going to win that one. So obviously. Yeah. Can't uh, losing three straight. That's, that's not in the Kraken's uh, uh, that's not in their playbook. So, well, and, and Dusty Bender can't go over two on their live streams for the Kraken. New. So, no, we yeah, definitely we won't allow it. No, absolutely not. So yeah, uh, once again, shout out to our sponsors, the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Kyle and Dylan are just absolute fucking beauties. Love them. Uh, Kyle even jumped in a little bit for our first live stream to to say hello to everybody. So that was that was great. Uh, thank you guys, and uh, happy to be a part of the network. Happy happy to be here. Uh, also, a shout out to our other sponsor, the Hub Tavern, out in Spokane, Washington. The Hockey Bar in Spokane, Washington, on Monroe in Spokane. Uh, the Hub actually recently was featured in a, a little local press. They got an article in the Spokesman Review. Nice. Uh, shout, that was absolutely awesome. And shout out to Dave for that. He gave me the heads up that uh, the Spokesman Review was coming into the bar. I think that was during game two. I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah came in and uh spokesman review came i got to meet him and because i was featured in the interview the dusty bender podcast got a, got a little mention in the article so uh, if you are learning about the dusty bender podcast from the spokesman review article welcome and uh you know as well as we do that the hub is just an absolutely amazing place it is truly where the real hockey fans go to watch hockey and have a good time yeah, very good chance that uh, your birthday is going to be there for the for your thirtieth. So, damn right. Yeah, we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you sauced up. Shout out to everybody on that. So, uh, my my dirty thirty is coming up on Monday, and if the Kraken Force Game Seven, you know damn well that I'm going to be bellied up to that bar at the Hub Tavern <laughs> on Monday, uh, celebrating that. The girlfriend might even whip up some Kraken uh, colored cupcakes. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good time. That sounds pretty good right about now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're gonna and you're gonna get your ass out there too. Yeah, I'm gonna catch the next bus out of town. That's right. That's right. You are. Every in, in, every everything in Washington is just public transportation anyway. Yeah, I mean, I should be able to at least hitchhike over there. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's nice enough, right? <laughs> I won't get murdered. No, everybody's no. just super no. friendly in Washington. Yeah, that sounds about right. That makes sense. Uh, last but not least. Other sponsor, John Miller, Fire Chief John Miller, sponsor in the show, longtime listener, longtime supporter, our only guest host we've ever had. Uh, absolute beauty of a man. And uh, hope to be, hope to be, I, I need to get him on the ice here soon. I know he's busy, you know, being a fire chief or whatever, but sure. uh, we need to get him on the ice and, and have, we missed him down in Moscow for sure. Mm -hmm. He would have had a good time down there. Um, I think we've mentioned it before. Uh, who's who's the really fast guy in the Mighty Ducks that is fast but can't stop? Luis Mendoza. Luis Mendoza. Yeah, that's John Miller. Miller nice. is he's, he's he's a fast motherfucker, but he can't stop. Worth <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! My my uh, dad growing up, we did like a, a dads versus you know kids AAA, just a little scrimmage, and yeah. my dad was the same way. He could fucking fly. Oh. But he uh, his his career was uh, stopped very short. I think that was the first time he had ever played actual hockey, and uh, he went square into the boards and just rammed Oof. his gut into the butt end of his stick. So, ooh, that's yeah, a good just one. Uh, learn how to stop fast, boys. 
I my my own father who who had a who had a, a pretty prevalent appearance on our live stream. Yeah. Uh, he jumped on and had some fun with us. Uh, yeah, my father has uh, tried tried very hard when I was growing up to get to to actually. He got into hockey. He's a huge hockey fan, but he actually tried to skate. And man, oh man, that man had the worst luck with uh, between taking slap shots to the feet. That not you know he was just learning how to Oof. skate. And he took a slap shot to the foot, and he just bounced his head off the ice. Oh, I still Oof. remember it. Bad getting dreams. Hit, getting hit. In the, uh, he. Sweet man, very sweet man. He comes out to play street hockey with us one day. We we begged him to play goalie, begged him, <laughs> and he he throws on all the pads except we didn't have a cup. And sure enough, first shot from uh, my my old buddy Jake Overhoff just nails him square in the nuts, and he he immediately takes one shot and then walks out of the net. Just oh like, fuck yeah! That's the he's end like of that. yeah, I'm done. That's we're over this. Now. How do you not stick just a, a little piece of cardboard? At least would help. <laughs> something there right god damn oh shit oof yeah that was that was pretty rough Ouch. it's not almost as dumb as uh, our buddy devin who also was on the stream had a, had a uh, little appearance uh, i remember how we were playing street hockey uh with a couple buddies sterling and nathan and devin was smart enough to put his brand new phone in the top of the netting mm. on a nice. net you know what i mean yeah brilliant uh Sterling just roofed it and not like a water bottle fly it out. This phone flies out, just <laughs> shatters on the ground. God. I mean, you kind of deserve it at that point, don't you? <laughs> like you you knew you had to know. Come I think De- if Devin were on the show right now, he would probably disagree and it probably even make an argument that Sterling meant to do it. <laughs> and he probably would be right. I, mean, yeah, I don't yeah, even Stirl- know Sterling, but I'm sure he meant oh. to do it absolutely sterling even if he didn't mean it sterling would be like yeah i meant to fucking do it absolutely Fuck yeah mm-hmm. you got to take credit for that that's a snipe dude absolutely that's yeah. you can't you can't say that that was an accident only goal only goal sterling had all day <laughs> it's just an absolute fucking rocket into the cell phone into the razor right right into it whatever it was i can't remember fuck but yeah so uh i think that's about it for housekeeping are we are you got anything else that we need to bring up before we dive in I think so. I think I'm ready for some crack and talk. We got five five games to go over. Fuck, it's been a while. We we made sure to get one out uh, right before the series started, and uh, God, it's just been a busy busy little time for us right now, uh, yeah. going through a bunch of stuff. And not to mention, we so technically we have been you know putting in our hours. We did we did do the live stream, but uh, that's only up on uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. We should share that link. Well, we did we did a couple times anyway. So this is uh, coming out actual episode. And uh, so let's dive into it. Kraken. Uh, as of tonight, we're recording uh, Thursday night. God, it's 1030 already. Uh, the Kraken dropped game five, five to two. Uh, let's let's start with this newest game and work backwards here. Um, but with some context. So coming in, I think game. So game three, I want to jump to game three for a second. So that's the one where we just absolutely ran dallas out of the building absolutely uh you kind of had a feeling that that was an outlier like it's Mm -hmm. one of those games where you just caught dallas flat-footed and you were expecting a response you know you come out you come out of dallas tied at one uh some i I would say a pretty even series up until that point would would you agree yeah yeah it's not like we stole one or anything i think we earned I think we earned that win that we got down there 
and they earned the win they got. Yeah. But that that game three drubbing that we gave them, D- Dallas, you just you kind of had the feeling that there's going to be a response in the next game. And that's what we saw. We saw in game four that the Dallas Stars were going to come out hot, and they did. Uh, but I think what Kraken fans were hoping was we would kind of hold them in the first period, and then things would kind of stabilize. It didn't. I mean, I think that, I think going into the second, it was only 1-0. I think their big period in game four, I believe, was number two, if I remember correctly. Correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even with the score one zero and, and that's the thing is like a lot of, a lot of people on, you know, through the Kraken nation and stuff were basically, you know, kind of getting on Grubauer a little bit. And you and I even were kind of talking about it. Like this, this wasn't a Grubauer not that game. game in game not that four. Game. No, it was not, you know, it was just, the team looked slow. I mean, you knew Dallas was going to come out tough and, uh, a couple sick fucking goals and it just, yeah. it got out of hand pretty quick. I, it honestly, the final score being, I think it was what six three. Yeah, I mean that that's honestly closer than it was. So yeah, that was it was such a bad game by the Kraken. Um, they they just didn't come out to play. So uh, that leads us into game five, and I I kind of want to set the stage here with this. In in the Colorado series, there was that that feeling in your gut, you know, like of like you know what, we could fucking do this. You know, we could pull this miracle off. We could fucking make this upset happen. I'm not feeling it this series. Um, I'm not feeling the miracle. I'm not feeling the the, the fairy and the magic dust in my in my soul. Um, I feel like that Dallas is Dallas is Colorado, but with more depth. I think Dallas is closer to Colorado of last year. Yeah, where it's they have the stars. They have the stars of. The stars. The stars of the stars. Uh, The stars have, I wouldn't say comparable, but I mean, like they they have a top line of star players. But unlike Colorado, they also have depth. When you've got Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, who are actually giving a shit at the moment on your third line, man, uh, that's, it's just tough to overcome that. Yeah. And I think another thing that we've, we've kind of discussed before with, you know, very quite a bit, we see this on teams that are good in the playoffs and stuff like that. They kind of have some of these guys on, on their lower lines, third line guys, like a Wyatt Johnson, Wyatt Johnson to me for the Dallas stars is like that young got to prove it a little bit guy, but has all the skills and shit. And like a lot of successful playoff teams do have kind of that, you know, more or less rookie uh, young guy that that kind of has that same makeup, right? That same build. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think like tonight, uh, Fox it was it was the Fox align with uh, Glenn Denning. You know, Game Five. It was just that line really showed that they can skate with, uh, you know, even the probably the Kraken third line. Right. And I think I think that's what kind of is starting to set them apart a little bit is yeah, they have those star power, like you're saying. And then, you know, those guys just if they have a better game than, say, the Tanevs of the or the, you know, or the Donatos of, of the Kraken, it's it's, you know, can easily be a five two game like we saw tonight. So. Right. Um, and tonight, I like like I said, up until this game, I don't think that we could place blame on Phil Grubauer. Yeah. Um and even this game, technically, I'm not going to say is necessarily his fault. It's just 
this is the game where it is now apparent that the book is out on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anybody who watches hockey can watch these goals from Dallas and know that they are aiming high glove. Yeah. Um, Especially, especially if you're coming in on the off side of him. So if you're on the left side coming in on the zone, you're shooting across the body to his glove hand up high. Um, Apparently this is something that, you know, it's something that, you know, casuals like us don't necessarily notice or watch film about, but they do. And they've got people that sit there and they go, okay, if you're coming in in the zone and you're at this position with this defenseman right here, take this shot. And I, I swear it's, it's like clockwork. I've seen it probably the last three games where you've got a Dallas player coming in on the left-hand side or right-hand side. If you're looking at it from the defensive zone, uh, left-hand side coming in and cross the body shot about, about the top of the circles. And it just goes, it flies right over Grubauer's left catching glove. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think the hole is kind of by whistle by his ear. Yep. Right. Because it, it, I don't know if it's just a slow reaction to get the glove up there high enough. I, I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, you're hundred percent right there. I mean, yeah, and we even saw it in the last game. I think they were kind of starting to shoot high. I think they were shooting a little more on the blocker side too, but I think they, you know, there's people on the Dallas Stars that get paid thousands and thousands of dollars every year to yep. just comb through every single group hour goal from the regular season to see where it's going. Right. So, and, and you know, I mean, and, and what's what's the answer to that, right? He cheats over to the left and then shit, he starts shooting blockers. Right, side, right. So, right. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I think I think they uh, they kind of figured that out, and yeah, we we saw a um, you know what would have been a, a fairly regular, unfortunately, performance from Grubauer in the first period, where I think it was two goals on five shots in the period. Yep. I think I think they had two goals on like three shots total, right? I think to to actually start the game. So yeah, it's um, that's definitely concerning, and it's 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 concerning going into a potential closeout game for Dallas because they're going to be just exposing that as well. Right. I mean, they're just going to continue to, to go to the well. So um, yeah, a tough game. Uh, another thing I wanted to kind of ask you about in, in this game five. So uh, they even commented on it in the broadcast. And I, I'm curious if, if you thought that it, it messed with their game at all, but their D are jumping up into the play almost mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Yep. I mean, like there, there was so many times tonight that like Alexiak was behind the net or Larson was behind the, you know, or, or first one on the Ford check, yep. you know, and, and I, I, I just kind of curious to get your thoughts on it. Cause I kind of, I kind of, I had like a weird feeling about it. Right. Like you don't want to, I mean, as good defensively as say, you know, Tanner or Gord and those kind of guys are, do you, you know, do you want to keep playing with fire to where, you, you know, almost every shift you have a forward that's on the D on a D pair, right? Yeah. You know? uh, no, I don't like that at all. Actually. Um, I, I understand the reasoning behind it. It's not like a, Oh, we, it's not like a breakdown. They're doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, it's it. And we've all been there in those situations where you're in the defense, you're in our defensive zone and the puck is a turn is turned over. And it just so happens the defenseman has the wheels, you know, the defenseman yeah. might be, middle of the circle around the hash marks kind of and is just in a position where oh i've got the puck i'm not gonna break it i'm just gonna fucking go right so i i understand that but usually what happens 
in that circumstance is the defenseman will try to transition out of it as quick as they can to try to go back into the defensive position. Um, you're right. I've noticed it quite a bit. Uh, with Larson, I'm not as concerned. I'm it's still concerned, but not as concerned. Whereas, I mean, if you've got Elysiac doing Elysiac has no reason to be below the fucking goal line in the offensive right. zone. Um, because that's that's already a problem. He's not going to do anything down there, and you've got a, you now have a winger that is filling in for you. So short answer, yes. Like I don't as much as I love Matty Beniers, he's a two way forward, and we're going to see his name. I, I I hope that we see his name in Selkie conversations for the length of his career, but he's not a defenseman, right? And it, there were multiple times where he or somebody else was having to jump up to the blue line to cover for that position. And no, I, I think it that needs to be relegated for a... I, I think the best way of putting it is every once in a while yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. it, it needs to be like maybe one to three times a period, not every play. Right. Yeah, I just... I, and, you know, I, I kind of highlighted those two guys, Elysiac and and... Larson, because that that's who I was seeing do it the most tonight. Agreed. But, you know, and, and like you said, right, Dunn is, Dunn is so fast and he's a good defender as well. I mean, yep. there's a reason that he's on that, that top D pairing, right? So I'm not as concerned there, but you think Alexiak can forward check into the offensive zone corner, it get past him and break out, and he's going to catch anybody? No. Right? No, You're instantly on, a, on an odd man rush because even, even if Alexiak wants to back check it's not going to happen it's not going to happen i mean you're going to have a guy that's 20 feet behind him that's going to actually pass him and now it's a four on two right right it's just to me it's just i think especially with him i think that's the wrong guy to be doing that with i think even on that on that deep pairing if you want to send borgen occasionally do it because borgen actually is a little quicker he's he's got a little more step to his game i just and and i and i understand why they're doing it you know larson got a goal tonight like i'm not saying it's a terrible thing because in fact, I thought Larson's playing quite well, but it's when you're sacrificing that for two goals against, it's just, and you know, especially when, because those goals are coming in on the rush, you know, like they're coming, they're entering the zone and they're immediately taking the shot and scoring over Grubauer's, you know, that, that, that high glove. Um, And that, that's just a positioning thing that Grubauer needs to work on a little bit, but also these shots are coming in. Yeah. What's a defenseman supposed to do, you know, step up, that's usually around the time where they're going to step up is top of the circles or maybe even a little deeper before they start wanting to close that gap and make them run out of room. Uh, that situation is just not tenable for an offenseman having to play that position. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, a, a big one for me was, I think it was, I think it was actually their third goal tonight. It was Pavelski's goal mm-hmm. where Roberts, you know, they came down essentially three on two, but dropped it back and, and Robertson just kind of held on it for a second. And then Heiskin, he hit Heiskin and who was the, the late guy, I believe maybe it was Pavelski. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in that situation, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that I didn't notice one of the crack and D doing that, but that should tell you right away. We can't be giving them odd man rushes because they just fucking capitalized on that. Right. They just right. buried that goal. You know, and and not to, I mean, the Kraken did a great job of battling back from three three zero hole, right? Got it to three two, which was great. But you just you like why play with that fire, right? Like why poke the bear, 
and you know, I just, I don't know. So what we talked about it before the mics went hot, where this game felt like the most quintessential Kraken season game that you and I harped on almost all season. Like anytime the Kraken lost a game, it was like how they lost tonight. Right. Right. Like be- before all the losses, hard fought stuff. Like even it's hard to criticize a lot of the Kraken's losses. Um, you know, game two in Dallas that they dropped, you just, you, you could see the exhaustion and the fatigue they carried in. They carried their momentum in from game seven and they caught Dallas flat footed, but they had been playing game after game after game for, you know, weeks. Whereas Dallas was rested game two made sense. I, in fact, that the smart money was to bet on Dallas in game two, um, Game three, there was a response. Game four was a response to the response. Uh, game five, it, it's, these final three games are where the metal meets the meat and you actually start seeing the real teams come out. Uh, tonight was an example. Like I said, we've talked of it. I almost don't want to go into game five so much so is because it, it we're going to hit on all the points that we were talking about all see Anytime that you saw a loss during the Kraken season, it's the main points that we talked about. Grubauer had a very weak start. And unfortunately, now during the season, the Kraken do have a great track record of digging out of those holes. Mm-hmm. Two goals, not a problem. In fact, we, if it was only two goals against, we would have been tied. And this sure. might have been a different game. Unfortunately, it carried in and they scored an early one as well. And Grubauer had what? Three goals on seven shots? Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, and and yes, I understand in a vacuum, you know, st- just looking at a stat sheet, you oh, you know, you, you didn't because that's what Grubauer fans will say. Oh, you didn't watch the game, you didn't see. Well, I watched it. All right, the the book is out on Grubauer. They know where his weaknesses are, and they're starting to shoot for him. So it's it yes, it's on Grubauer to adjust, but it's also on the defense to do their best to try to stop those shots from happening. Mm-hmm. And this game was just a a, a prime example of. The Kraken started slow, which which is rare for the playoffs. In the playoffs, usually the Kraken are the ones who come out to an early lead and were, you know, holding on to it for most of the game. In the season, though, that was the exact opposite of what we saw. In the season, we saw the Kraken were always down one or two, and then they stormed back. Yeah. They were they were that that come from behind team. So we, we you and I have said it before, if the Kraken go down one or two in the first period, I'm not worried about it. I'm not too worried about it. This team is completely is so resilient and is so good at coming back from issues, but it just depends on how deep the hole is. Yeah. You know, two goals is fine. Three goals. I, we almost did it. We came, we, we were within one. It was three, two going into the third period. And even through the third period, it was a close game. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because yeah, like you said, right? Game four was the the response from Dallas, and you could tell because they they really dominated from puck drop to essentially puck drop. I, I know Kraken made a late push and stuff, but it was it was pretty much out of hand by then. Okay. But you know, so so that's that's you know that's preparation. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Tonight was Kraken were out shooting them big time in the first period, right? I mean they 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 were they were playing them pretty good in that first period, you know, and it's just so deflating for two goals to go in on three, three shots. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Best case scenario, it's five shots, right? Right. 
So two goals on five shots and, and you, you know, you walk out of there, I think shots were 14 to five, right. Or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. That's just so deflating to your whole entire team. Like we're outworking them and we're still losing. Right. Like, wh like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to buy a save here? And, and, and not saying that it's all on Grubauer. It's, it's, it's not, a, you know, there's been times. There, there's years. snipes. Like it's not, it's, they it's are. not like, I, I'm not going to say that this is, this is not a, a season recap of me going a fucking classic Grubauer. Can't make a fuck. Yeah. It, that's not it. it. That's not the situation here. It's just that Grubauer needs to understand that they now think that they know his weakness mm -hmm. and he it, i mean they're picking it like they're, they are absolutely firing it, it seems like every shot even the one uh that didn't go high glove you were saying like they were trying to go high glove oh yeah yeah like a hundred percent they're all aiming high glove right now and that that two pocket for for those who are hockey savvy um it's something that needs to be adjusted with Grubauer uh, and be made aware of, but also defensemen. I mean, every no goalie is perfect, and yeah. you have to be able to assist with that goalie. And especially now that the book is out on Grubauer, that's more of a reason for the defenseman not to jump so fucking often into the play. Like I just, I don't mind a defenseman being part of the rush, but the defenseman being the first man in, you know, kicking and battling in the in the corner boards below the goal line. I just don't like that. It almost, it almost shows that if it like, it's almost like the D felt the need to go do that because they didn't think that the forwards were forward checking enough. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if that's necessarily what it was, but like that, you know, just thinking back to like, you know, the, the old days of playing actual competitive hockey, like that's that to me almost is a defenseman that's, frustrated with the pressure that we're getting in the offensive zone and and they kind of take it upon themselves to go do that right and i think i think it's more to your point of like yes it's it's probably part of the game plan but i i don't know i i mean you know in the first period i just didn't feel like the kraken deserved to be down 2-0 other than you know no two two they goals on five yeah. shots right so you know, I think I think those are those are some some pretty major points. But yeah, I, I honestly Dallas just Dallas was the better team tonight. I they just you know I know they had less shots and things like that. But you know, uh, and you got to see the whole scatter they, plot for, for they capitalized on their opportunities. And yeah, that's that yeah. that's at the end of the day when you've got skill players when you have stars you can do that. Like it's the Kraken aren't going to win games because you've got a star that's going to pull a goal or two out in a desperate moment. Like we right. we're going to beat you with waves. We're going to wear you down little by little time after time. We're to it event. We're going to keep throwing shit at you until finally it wears you down. That style of hockey works. If you're not down three, four to goals. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, Kraken really have only had one game in the playoffs so far that I can think of where one guy pretty much took over the goal scoring agenda. York Strand, yeah. York Strand. Yeah, right. So seven. yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's very very difficult to do for this team, right? And so going down early, and I I know you know in game four it was only one zero in the first period, but I mean then they let in three more, you know, right after that. So it's four four rip, right? And it's just at that point, it's just it's so hard in in such a competitive playoff game to dig yourself out of even a two goal hole, let alone four, right? So it's just they they got to get a better start to to play game six and. They need a little more from Grubauer. I think. I think it's all. It's a team effort too, right? I mean, we've been saying it all year. As as 
as poorly as we've kind of highlighted Grubauer playing through most of the, the regular season, it's on the defense too. And, and even forwards, you know, to an extent of, of playing defensively. So yeah, I, they're, they're, they're going to need a lot more in game six. And I, I think they're up to the challenge. I think, I think we're going to see, I, I just, I, this team is just too, ha, have been too resilient all year in order to drop a third game in a row. And that's what I'm hoping, right? I'm hoping, I'm hoping they can get the horses going. I'm hoping Grubauer just oh, sure. stands on his fucking head, you know, and at least weathers the storm if that's if that's the direction that the game's going to go. But um, yeah, I mean, their their last two games for sure, they're not going to win games going down even, you know, three zero or or four zero. It's just it's just not going to happen in the playoffs. I don't think. No, um, I. I'd like to have the confidence. Like, obviously the hope is there. Like I'm, I'm rooting for the crack and I'm hoping that they, they pull it out in game six and force game seven, obviously. Cause that would make my birthday fucking awesome. Uh, sure. But uh, I just don't, I, like I said before, I don't have the funny feeling. I don't have yeah. the hope. I don't have the, I don't have the miracle on ice feeling that I had during the Colorado series where we might pull this out. I feel like, I feel like that they're going to go back to Seattle and it, it might be hard fought, but I just don't think that we're going to be able to push it to game seven. And it's, it's because Dallas is finally playing to their full potential. Yeah. Um, you know, depth can outweigh stars, but when you've got stars and depth. Yeah. Like That's the recipe, dude. It's tough. I mean, it, and, and you know, we're not unlike fucking national news media and every other fucking podcast out there that talks about their team losing we're actually going to give credit to the dallas stars as much as i fucking hate sagan and ben they are playing great hockey right now they're having a bit of a renaissance uh rupe hints my boy is absolutely we were just talking we talked about this on the stream like there's like only two guys that i really hate on dallas the rest i fucking i really respect the rest of them mm-hmm. um anybody anybody who's listened to this show for very long knows that i'm a i've been huge on otter even before he was kind of, you know, on the scene and accepted as, you know, one of the premier goalies in the league. Um, Rupe Hintz also has been up there for me. Um, Robo, every, the, the team's good. The team is good um, just because I hate Jamie Benn uh, because, because he won't go down on women and cross-check Dylan Larkin in the back of the neck. Uh, that doesn't affect his play on the ice, apparently. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's uh, it, Dallas is a solid fucking team and they've been playing quite well. Uh, if anything, if I'm going to give criticism to them, it's the, the one of the main reasons why Kraken have been able to take advantage of things is because Otter has not been Otter. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the two games that we won have been very weird lapses for him. Like he let mm-hmm. in, you know, that first game one where we put up four in the first period. That's not Jake Ottinger. And yeah. then letting in six where he's getting replaced by Scott Wedgwood in game three. That's, that's definitely not, that's yeah. not Ottinger. So uh, he, he does, he does seem to be a little bit off. Um, but, but to your point, right. Rupe Hintz is now tied for the playoff lead in points. So he's tied with dry side also. He's so good. Yeah. He's having a, he's having a really nice, uh, a, a really nice playoffs. I mean, he's, he just flies under the radar, man. It's he nuts. Really does. We'll be, we'll be having conversations about Rupe hence, like in that, you know, every year we have that, oh, who's, who's underrated. 
mm-hmm. you know, this year. Uh, Rupe Hintz is going to be starting to be thrown into that conversation, especially if they make a deep playoff run and they move on from round two here. Uh, I so so kudos to to the Dallas Stars. They are they are playing well for the most part. Um, it's when they when they when we get when we get goals, it's because we fucking worked hard for them. It's not rarely because they fucked up. You know, yeah. um, it's credit to the Seattle Kraken when they do when they do put something in. Um, boy, I one of the things I wanted to ask you about. What let's 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 overthink here for a second. Let's let's try to galaxy brain this. Uh, Jared McCann has been in for two games. We've lost the last two games. Mm-hmm. What have you seen from Jared McCann? Do you think that he is ready to come back? He did get a goal tonight. Do you think he's ready to come back? Is he, and if so, is he being improperly utilized on the third, fourth line? Um, should he be, should we reunite the, the, the Eberle, Beniers, McCann line? And if so, where does, uh, Where's our boy go? Our, Cartier. Our, yeah, Cartier. Uh, yes to almost all of that. Um, I I think I think Hextall was just kind of Hextall was honestly probably just asking McCann the last two games like where he was. Sure. Right. I think and and, and the Cartier Benier was skated like line. seven minutes in the first game. Yeah, yeah, which just tells me that he wasn't quite ready to come back, but like you know they needed to try to find something. I don't know what his time on ice was tonight. It was probably pretty high. I, I honestly, I, I started to see him quite a I bit. Like he was out there quite a bit. Yeah. And he, he really was, he was driving play. He, he looked really good tonight. So to answer your question, I think, I think you, you got to find something and, and that veneers McCann Everly line was clicking and you just got to put him back up there. You got to have a first line oh, to yeah. try to match their first line. Yeah, game four he was skating like seven minutes and change, and this game he skated seventeen thirty three. Yeah, and that's that's more natural for him, yeah. right? That's kind of what sixteen to eighteen we've kind of seen all year from him. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I, I I agree there. I think I think you have to. I think you got to get McCann out there. He looked he looked like one of the better forwards. Eberle looked pretty good actually too. So if you can put those two together, you, you just even if they're not on the ice at the same time, you got to match their firepower with firepower, right? So you have to have a line that can dominate like Hints and Robo and, and Pavelski did tonight. You got to have that line. And as good as I think Karche has been, especially for, you know, a kid, right? He's a fucking kid. Yeah. You know, I think, I think you got to go back to the well and McCann skating 17 minutes tonight is clearly he's ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if before the game, he was still a little shaky and then just, you know, got just, Got the rust off. He was like, "Fuck it, we're down two, two, three, zero already." Like, Hackstall put me where I need to go, right? Yeah, like, just put me just in put places. Me there. Um, uh, so where where Cartier goes, I, that's a tough one. I wouldn't want to drop him down to the fourth line, but maybe that fourth line needs a little bit of. Uh, they they were also saying on the broadcast that he has the most hits out of anybody in this entire series. So it's not like his lack of you know he, he hasn't had a ton of points. But I think he's still making an impact from the hitting side, and if you can do that from the fourth line, even if he's only skating eight nine minutes a night, that, you know he's still got that offensive part of his game to where uh, you could you could go you know you could catch Glendening and, and the Faxa line sleeping right, and, yeah. and Karchi is going to just bury one. So I just don't. Um, that's what I would do. Uh, I 
and I agree with you for the most part. I, I think that McCann, I mean, I just don't think I, I understand the logic behind like McCann, you know, we're easing him back in and it also is a good way to maybe add some depth scoring on the fourth line. I just don't, McCann is not a fourth liner and, but, right. and it's not a disservice to the fourth line. It's just Donato and Tanef. They're all about, they're grind, man. Like they're dumping yeah. the puck in and going for it. That's not McCann's game. No, That's just not how McCann plays, and yeah. he's just not going to be a natural fit on that line. Now, I understand in game, you know, shit gets moved around a little bit. Um, like McCann is skating, according to Daily Faceoff, McCann's on the fourth line, but he skated 17 minutes, whereas Morgan Geeky is on the second line, and Geeky only got eight minutes. So that's probably probably switched in game would be probably yeah most most likely. I just I I think that there was there was nothing wrong with the McCann. Eberle Bernier's line. Mm-hmm. I think that even, even though they were kind of a non-effect in the Colorado series, that's, that was a good thing. Cause they're, you know, they're going up against McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, if you're, if you're neutralizing somebody with that and that's fine. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Car- I agree with you, Cartier. You don't want to throw him to the fourth line, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, underperforming people, maybe Morgan geeky at the moment, maybe you, 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 sink geeky a little bit um i'd also like to see a lot more from you, you know whose name's gone really quiet since the first round tolvenin took the words right out of my mouth tolvenin's been a ghost yeah he was getting he was getting tossed around tonight too just yeah i it almost looks like he's trying to do too much yep right he's, he's just trying to almost one man show and i think that third line has put a lot on their shoulders They, you know, they were looked to a lot for being the savior of the team because the first line is just getting, especially with McCann down. um, It's, it hasn't been the first line, technically speaking. Uh, I I think they're putting a lot on them because, you know, Bork's, this game is like, if you look at these stats, you know, Bjorky was minus three tonight, which hurts my soul. Um, Because he, he played, he's been playing so fucking hard. Yeah. Um and trying to get this team into something. Yanni Gord with 16 minutes. He had it. He, you know, Gord's been playing great. Um, but yeah, Tolvanen 12 minutes tonight, minus two Bjorkstrand, 13 minutes, minus three. That's why their minutes were cut. Cause they were just getting scored on. Um, but that also might have to do with, you know, if, if Tolvanen's having to cover for Larson, when he's going down in the zone, that's not fair. Right. So I, I don't know. I would have to double check and see if that was the situation. I don't know if it was or not. But in any case, I, so if you're if you're making lines for game six, what do you do? Do you move McCann up to the first line? Yeah, let me go ahead and pull this up. Okay. Yeah, I I think I do. I do. I'm moving. I'm moving McCann up to the first line. He's he skated 17 minutes tonight. He got a goal. I think he's fine. Or he, relatively speaking, for playoff hockey, he's fine. Um, you move him back up and reunite that chemistry with the first line that Veneers and Everlay have. Uh, that's the closest thing we have to a skill line. Sure. And then I, I also am, I'm weary of, of breaking up the Tolvan and Gord Bjorkstrand line. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm more looking at like a swap of like Cartier for Morgan Geeky. I, I think you're right there. I think that's I, I think you move Geeky down to the fourth where is where he's supposed to be. Yeah. You flank him by Tanev on the left, Donato on the right, and then yep. you know you, you, Cartier is still Cartier is still a pretty big body. 
right? So if you're worried about, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of weight on that second line, um, I think the reason Hackstall probably wouldn't do that rather than, uh, you know, just putting Cartier on that second line is mm-hmm. potentially young dude, defensive, technically quote unquote line, right? Yeah. So, you know, do you want to throw him to the fucking wolves? But yeah, so I, I think, I think, yeah, because you're right. You don't want to mess with the chemistry on that third line. So, yeah, I think I, in my opinion, that's the, that's the route to go. I think Morgan Geeky definitely fits into that fourth line center role, um, especially because Donato played, played pretty good as a, as a center tonight. But I think, you know, Geeky's a natural center and, and Donato's a natural winger, right? So you kind of just let them flank Geeky on that mm-hmm. fourth line. So, yeah, I'm with you. That's that's what I would do. McCann's got to be in that top line again. They got Strangely enough, uh, looking at this uh, minus wise, Borgen and Schultz were minus two tonight, but they're on different lines. Interesting. Unless unless they were skating together tonight for some reason. Borgen and Schultz, huh? That blows me away because when did I mean with with offensemen that's more normal like you 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 switch up people on the fly and that happens but usually defensive pairings are pretty stuck with one another so it's interesting to see like because this implies that Borgen and Schultz were on the ice at the same time when these goals occurred um, whereas because Larson was zero Elysiac zero Susie zero and Dunn was a minus one hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I, 800, I, 800 save percentage, but Grubauer is not going to do it. No, but I, 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 I do feel like I saw Susie quite a bit tonight okay. um, from the eye did, test. Yeah. He skated 17 minutes. Yeah. So, Borgen, Borgen is skated 15, and it looks like that was probably influenced by, you know, minus two. Sure. Schultz skated 18, Larson 24. Dunn 24. So Dunn and Larson were obviously carrying the heavy load. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, daily face off, I think we'll probably, you know, would update it tomorrow. They used to update it like during the game. Yeah. So I wonder, I, I wonder, you know, maybe, maybe we're just overthinking this stuff, but. Oh, absolutely. We preface this by saying like, let's galaxy brain and overthink this a little sure. bit. Um, it, but I do think that there, 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 there does mean some adjustment. It does. It does seem like we're not seeing the same team that we saw in game one. Right. You know, like the, this is a different team that's kind of being manhandled a little bit, uh, worked a bit and uh, see, and, and it's hard to say that because like, I, I don't get the sense like this game, we didn't get outworked. I don't feel that it's just, I feel like they've got stars that can absolutely fucking pick the top core the top quarter over Groovehour's fucking glove and we just don't have that. Yeah, I think I think it was just a little bit of a little bit of sheer dumb luck, I think capitalizing on chances. Right? That's that's the only way you're going to win games if you're getting outshot by, you know, 8 9 10 or at least, right? So yeah, I think I think there was a bit of all of that, but yeah, definitely need something. Got to got to get a spark in the way McCann looked tonight. He's back. He's he's he was full bore. He didn't want to lose game five. He would, he looked like you know at, at sometimes the only Kraken who didn't want to lose game five. Sure. So yeah, I think he definitely. I think you throw him back up on that top line and um, shuffle shuffle him around a little bit. But yeah, you don't you don't mess with that third line. Even yeah. even with Tolvanen, I mean I mean maybe you know maybe if it's earlier in the series and you kind of recognize that he's struggling a little bit, then you 
then you throw him on the fourth line and try to wake him up a little, but not in game no. six. So no, you don't, you don't moving him anywhere else would not help him and affect the line he's moved, moved to. Right. So I, I just, I don't see that as, as anything beneficial. Um, okay. Predictions for game six. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go cracking three, two and OT. Wow. That is a very bold pick. Yep. Uh, I've got, I'm going to take stars four one. Oh, you think it's going to be a little, little nasty, a little stinky, huh? Yeah. I just, I'm coming out of this. It's I'm not getting the vibe of like, I'm not getting bad vibes. I'm not saying like, you know, defeatist mentality. It's just kind of like the series is now settling out to where you and I kind of, when we did our pregame series, like we talked about this of like, at the end of the day, the, the stars and the Colorado avalanche are, they're not the same teams. Avs are much more top heavy where their stars are better than the Dallas stars. Ha <laughs> ha. The, the stars on the Dallas stars. Nice. Uh, fuck. Um, the Colorado avalanche, their, their stars are a bit better. That first line is a bit better than the Dallas's first line, but then it changes up from there. You know, right. like Colorado just had no depth whatsoever. And we were able to roll four lines and just beat them to the punch with that. With Dallas, they got a second line that is very, very capable. They got a third line that's very, very capable and a fourth line that's fine. Mm -hmm. Whereas all of ours are, you know, it's basically a first line. You could even say that their second line's a first line, a, a third line that's a second line and a fourth line that's, you know, a third, fourth line. Whereas we're dealing, you know, cracking our two second lines and two third lines. Sure. And I just don't feel like, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of, it, it plays into the, the issues that we had with the Colorado series where we thought the, the star power is going to overpower them. And we're starting to see it now. You know, Joe Pawalski is having a fucking absolute series. Uh, Rupe Hans is playing fantastic. Uh, it, it's a great storyline that the crack and spread the goals around. But at the moment, I, we, we, we need a hero. We need a hero. Hmm. Maybe uh, it's Will. Well, maybe it's Will Borgen with his amazing. Have you seen that? You see that tweet where Borgen, you know, beforehand he's you know baby face Borgen, and then he's growing his playoff beard, and it's it's like he went from uh, "I'll have your daughter home by nine thirty to "She calls me daddy now." Oh God, is it a big beard or is it just patchy and shit? He's, no, it looks it's it's a good looking beard. Nice. Like the guy, the guy looks decent. He had a little bit of bite to it. It's not mine, away. but he's he's pulling off sure. a nice beer. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I keep mine a little short. I got That's I got good. some patchies in there, but no, it looks great. Um yeah, but Borgen had a little bit of bite to his game tonight, though. I want to, you know, that you want to see that from him. That's what he's there for. Right. You know. Um yep. yeah, the only the only other thing I wanted to say about this game, uh, it's kind of on a funnier note, uh, is just kind of giving the, the fans a little bit of shit from Dallas because I think it's just watching the game. It was, they, they, I don't know if it was the camera angle or what, but I could really see their fan base in the arena mm -hmm. and it was cracking me up. There was one place specifically where Dadnov like kind of did like a little, you know, kind of, I don't think it was quite a Gretzky curl, but he kind of started to cut to the middle and just slipped like yeah. just fucking ate shit and slipped, you know, back onto his back. And this place went nuts like it was the most egregious trip and there's not a kraken player around 
And I was dying laughing, dude. I was just like, come on, guys. Like, I know, I know the beer's flowing. I know sure. you playoff hockey, you know, you're paying a bunch of money for these tickets, but like, we gotta be a little like you know, right, be a little impartial. There's gotta be a guy around the guy. Look at looking, I mean, so looking outside, you know, outside looking in and kind of going off of outside of off on ice play, like I I'd much rather like, especially in the Twitter space, you know, where it can be very toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely shout out to Dallas fans. Like I, yeah, I would much rather converse and talk with and have a friendly rivalry with Dallas than the fucking Colorado fans, man. Like they're just fucking fuck them. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to get that from the defending champs though, right? There's just going to be a lot of fans that they picked up last year. Right? Yeah. They don't actually fucking know what's going on, so that's it makes fair. sense. But that's fair. Yeah, I just I no respect for Colorado fans. They fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> and that maybe maybe that's playing over a little bit from my old Red Wings days. But still, uh, yeah, they they were just salty fucking dicks about the whole thing. Whereas like Dallas, I, you know what? If we lose, if we lose in six to Dallas, I and I think that that's it's not it's not a cope. You know, it's it's just like we're already so far beyond what people expected us to do. And it, it's already a successful season and it's, and the team's only going to get fucking better. Yeah. It's crazy. So, like, it's, it's crazy. Some of the prospects that they're having play really well this year too. Oh, Ty Nelson. Holy oh, shit. Stud. Holy shit. Yeah. Like we've, we've got some great guys coming up. It's funny because um, I don't know if you follow him, but Byron Bader, you ever heard of Byron Bader? He does like the Dauber prospects. I heard the name. He he has like this algorithm that just pumps out fucking good picks all the time. Huh. It's great. It's crazy that an NHL team hasn't picked him up because like the, the amount of picks that he comes up with are so fucking stupid. Interesting. But uh so he basically yeah, he had he had him uh who'd you just say? God my fucking brain. Ty Nelson. Ty Nelson. Yeah, he had, he had Ty Nelson like super high on his list. Last, I think it was last year. Maybe. Yeah, it was last year that they drafted him, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody, literally, like anybody on Twitter wouldn't even fucking listen to him. And it was just, he was just like, just wait, just watch. You know, he's like, this, I right. think he's like, I spent a fuckload of money on this algorithm. But yeah, so Ty Nelson's going to be good. That, that Fergus, Jagger Fergus is going to be good. Um, oh, this guy, I don't know if you heard of him, Shane Wright. Right, like they, they they've got guys that are coming through. Like I, I, I don't want to think about once or twice. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to think about next season yet. Or or you know, no, we're we're still in this. Much. It's not over yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other the other one that I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Dallas fans in the arena were yelling overrated at the Seattle Kraken. I heard that. It which is hilarious because this is the most not a single person, not one or analyst. Not one, not a single fucking chant what? overrated at Boston, chant overrated at fucking any of the other Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, Colorado. No, we weren't even supposed to make the fucking playoffs. What are you talking about? Overrated. Maybe they had like a two for one beer special going on in, in the Dallas arena. I fuck man. People were just fucking lit. Texas up. people know how to throw them back. I, I do know that sure for do. a fact. So sure do. Uh, there you go. That that could be it. You gotta. They just gotta. I don't know. Maybe not be. As, I don't know. It, it, that's that's just fun banter at the end. Yeah, we can't think of anything else to say. I guess. Sure. Yeah, I, and it's it could you know it could be one of those things like you're just you're just seeing the fucking 
lower bowl that's just yep. a little you know just has the money but doesn't actually watch high you know i don't know what it is but it was just cracking me up dude there was there was a couple that were like what sit down <laughs> you know Fucking uh, that's why i get in trouble at hockey games man do you get in trouble at hockey games yeah i just I get, I get myself into it uh since i was little <laughs> yeah getting to, getting to more fights in the stands than i do on the ice yeah yeah that's, that's probably true. Oh, shit. Well, Taylor, if you're looking to uh, to to block out all that negative noise, you right. should pick up a pair of Raycons. All right. Let, yeah. Let's face it. With coffee starting at five dollars, yes, without even any of the other bullshit that uh, your girlfriend might want to throw in there, mm. our bank accounts somehow always are depleting. We are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. I personally enjoy using my Raycons out at the gym. Uh, I am definitely one of those people that uh, look at me with very concerned looks when my earbuds are at like a thousand percent. And, you know, your phone's like, hey, maybe you should turn it down. And I'm like, nah, I need to drown out all the pain that I'm currently uh, inflicting upon myself here in the gym. Uh, So Raycon. Raycon earbuds do a fantastic job of doing that. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those others, more big name tech brands out there. You know who we're talking about, folks. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18. At checkout, Christ, it doesn't seem like... I can't even walk out of the house without spending $20, it seems like. It's awful. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks, and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They also have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Boy, oh boy, that is impressive. Very impressive. Uh, Like I said, I... I am definitely a, I I got ADHD pretty bad and throwing on some headphones, whether it be music or are you ready for the nerdiest fucking reference on this show ever? Yeah. Sometimes. So I, I, in addition to ADHD, I have tinnitus. So I've that ringing, ringing in my ears all the time Mm. when I'm sitting at my work and like, I just need to get stuff done. I will, God, this is the most nerdy fucking thing I've ever admitted on this show. I will go onto YouTube and I will pull up the background engine noise from the start from Star Trek Enterprise. Nice. Like if you ever watch the old like 90s next generation, anytime that they're walking through the bridge or anything or they're just just there, you'll hear this faint hum in the back. And for some reason, like maybe because I grew up with it or something watching Star Trek, it was it's so calming. And I'll just throw it on and it's like white noise to me. And it's. It, it, it's perfect. So I think, I think they actually call it brown noise. Brown. That not that the one that sh- you shit your pants with? Yeah. So eventually, like you don't listen to it too long because <laughs> you will shit. 
But no, that's yeah, brown noise is yeah. Brown noise, I think, is actually for ADHD too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that helps out definitely for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so that helps out with uh because Raycon earbuds and uh products have noise isolation, awareness mm. mode, and three customizable sound profiles to fit your needs for your headphones. Uh, also, eight hours of playtime, it's pretty good. Not bad at all. Uh, water and sweat resistant. You love that when you're going to the gym or you're out for a run. So if you are looking to upgrade your headphone experience or buy your first pair, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. P-N. Very nice. Yes. Uh, yeah. Taylor, what if I was looking to play some action on uh, on any of these games? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know one place that you can. Well, and you well, can use your Raycons to, to listen to the game as you're, you know, got money on it so you can yell. And you can't hear yourself while you're yelling, right? It's right. perfect. Right. So one of those places is DraftKings. All right, light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. One of the things I've got, I got a little bit of money on uh, Kraken actually winning it at all. So I got I threw 100 bucks on it. Like it, I think the odds were like 3,500 plus 35 at, at the time. So yep, yep. I, don't, I don't know what that equates to. I don't know, math. It's not bad. Yeah, God, so can you imagine who? You, well, I wonder what the odds were for the for the Florida Panthers. Oh man, you think they were? You think they were lower than the the Kraken? Oh, absolutely, because of yeah. the, because of who they were matching up with in the first round. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine that it, they were probably the lowest odds. I would assume. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you want to, if you want to get into it with uh, Chance and I, you want to throw some some money down. Uh, get a little, you know, ju- little juice ball in there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplineA.org in New York. Call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See how show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. You know, it's not a problem if you're winning. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just income. It's just supplemental income at that point. Yeah, then it's a career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Right. All right. Well, speaking of uh, screwing people over... Uh, the NHL draft lottery was held recently. <laughs> it's not rigged. It's not. It's not rigged, folks. Uh, definitely all above board. No bullshit whatsoever. Uh, as a Ducks fan, I'm sure you're very happy. 
Um, they they did try to skip you. I was prepared to lose that pick somehow. You're you were about to lose it literally. Like they yeah, were just about to. They just thought you didn't exist. I think it's great. Like, so the Ducks logo is upside down. That's fucking money. They they were about to skip that one, and then Columbus just they're just like yeah, Columbus is third. Like they didn't even announce it yet. They're like, what the fuck? What do you mean Columbus is third? They're like Kevin Weeks already said it. Like. A hot mic before commercial, so we'll just go ahead and put them up on the board. <laughs> they they oh, literally Christ. only do this once a year, and it's like not even a thirty minute long program. Like it's how do they fuck? They have a whole year, three hundred sixty four days to plan this production. Yes, I understand that there's a writer strike going on, but fuck, you would think that there's enough people in the NHL to be like, hey. I got an idea. Let's let's go to any state lottery, like any any state, like whatever state we're in. They got one of those fucking ping pong balls. All right. We turn on a live stream. We'll bring in the kids from the fucking local high school to shoot it because they would do better than we are. And we'll just show what the ping pong balls spit out. That just makes too much sense. That's it. That's it. That's it. Why? Why? Like, we've got all these insiders that are on the NHL's take. They're like, huh can't believe that there are so many fucking official people saying that they 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 think that this is rigged that's ridiculous what do you mean that fucking gary bettman won't even fucking show the they just put up cards like how the fuck there was that one year there was that one year they did the ping pong balls we're like thank god we can actually see this for a second right and then they stopped doing it because they fucking did the ranger thing where everybody thought like, oh, fucking dickhead did a magic trick where he pulled a ranger's ball out of his fucking sleeve. No, that I was more okay with that than I was with this fucking bullshit this year. This was awful. Yeah, I, it's it's because they, they think for their 30-minute broadcast in order to get the amount of commercials and shit that they can, they can't do the first pick first. Right? So if you, if, yeah, so yeah, because if you're doing the ping pong balls, right, you got to put all of them, you know. Ducks had, you know, 25 ping pong balls in there and, you know, Chicago had 23 or something, right? Sure. Like, you know, so, so they, they would have to do it that way. And by the time you got past like three, they think, okay, nobody, everyone's turning it off and we're not going to make more money, you know? Well, so how do, how do you think every fucking state in the United States does the fucking Powerball lottery? Like, I, mean, I, I feel like, I feel like the template is already set here and they're just fucking it up and all they're doing, like, okay, you asked me gun to my head. Chance, do you think the NHL lottery is rigged? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I it, at this, and that's sad. Like the fact, because it might, we're sitting here making a big issue of it. And at the end of the day, I should be like, no, actually, I, I, you know, I understand that it's not rigged, but I'm sitting here going like, I don't know. Because maybe it is like, like there is that small chance of like, if it's not show us the pics. Right. Like, yeah, I I don't know. Gary Bettman, this is a man who denies that CTE is directed to head contact. (laughs) Like I, I, I'm supposed to sit here and believe him that he didn't pick Chicago to win the fucking Bedard sweepstakes. It's, it's almost, you know, it's like, what, what's the website? It's like Tankathon, right? Where you can kind of like sim the draft lottery again. Right. 
you know, so I think, so maybe, you know, maybe the numbers and stuff like that behind the scenes are actually legitimate, but if it's not. Show us one, what, what <laughs> harm is there in showing us that you're doing it? Right. I don't understand if like, even if it's a boring fucking thing, even if it's like an hour long of you, like doing five different draws of the balls and whatnot, fucking show us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. I, I think, I think even showing us like, you don't have to completely explain the computer, you know, how we're running this selector, right? You don't have to walk us through it, but just show us, show us the actual numbers, like show us, you know, you're telling me that you can't just like, it's got to just, you know, they can set something up to where it runs the numbers, right? If that's the way you want to do it, if you don't want to do ping pong balls, just run the numbers in front of us, right? Yep. Like Absolutely. there's got to be something better. I, I don't know because there has just, to be something that makes us think that there right. that, that this process isn't rigged. Because now, okay, I've been saving. I haven't even brought this up to you because I wanted your genuine reaction on this. So, for those who are unfamiliar, the draft, the number, the first draft pick is going to the Chicago Blackhawks. Sure. Uh, to the dismay and disgruntlement of most of the fans in the NHL. Right. And like most of them, I had that instinctual knee-jerk reaction of like, fucking Hawks, really? Mm-hmm. Really? They just got it. But I heard a counter-argument, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall in the minority position, and I'm going to defend the Chicago Blackhawks on this. Yeah. I, I know, I know, but, but hear me out. Hear me out. So I, this is by no means an endorsement or a defense of the shit that happened with Kyle beach and all that. In fact, when that stuff kind of happened, I've talked about it before. Kyle beach was on the Spokane chiefs. He was one of my favorite players. I loved watching. I I actually watched this guy play. I was a huge fan of Kyle beaches and me and my grandpa who was still alive at the time were excited to see him go from the Spokane chiefs to play in the Chicago organization. Mm -hmm. Very excited, huge Kyle beach fan. Whatever what happened to him is just absolutely terrible. That being all said, everybody who was involved with that situation is gone, whether it's through retirement or they were fired. Like they're gone. I mean, Joe Quinville, who by all intents and purposes is taking taking all of this out, is a good coach. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody moral compass fucked up fine that's fine i'm not here defending joe quinville i'm just saying from a purely hockey standpoint everybody respects him as a coach and all the players that were there i mean fucking pull up daily faceoff right now and look at the chicago blackhawks roster you'll probably recognize maybe half the team and the rest are fucking guys that look like they were generated in nhl 2023 so and even when you go to upper management all those people are fucking gone. Even Stan Bowman's gone. Right. So I I think my point is, is that you don't let those people off the hook. I'm not saying you let those people off the hook, but the organization, like, like every organization, the names and faces change. And the Chicago Blackhawks now have a completely different face, new general manager, new coach, and they've been historically bad. I, even with Connor Bedard, I was seeing somebody making a joke. Like the first line's going to be Tyler Johnson, Bedard, and some plug that I don't even know. Like Bedard is, uh, he's look, he's 
Bedard is genuinely looking down the situation of like a Jack Eichel problem where he is a huge star on a team with no talent. Sure. Like, I don't think adding you, you don't inject Connor Bedard into the Chicago Blackhawks team and they just become a playoff team. Like there's, right, right. they're still going to be very bad for many years. And like, they should, because they, they deserve could. to be shitty. Right. Not, not only because of what the organization did again, I, I'm, I'm separating the team name from those people that were involved. The people are gone. You know, just the the Chicago Blackhawks fans and whatnot, they didn't have anything to fucking do with that. So I understand that. But from a just a purely like they were a fucking dynasty. They won three cups in what, five, six years? Mm -hmm. Like they've had their time. So I think that's where my argument of like Chicago doesn't deserve it. Not because of all the fuck it. Like everybody who was involved in that has fucking is gone and is has either paid the price or is currently still paying the price. Like, look at, look at the, I mean, we'll look, let's look at the two golden boys of Chicago, Taze and Kane, the guys signed matching contracts. Taze is, you know, we, we have no evidence otherwise, but we have to take him on his word that he's suffering from long COVID and is just retiring out of the blue. And Kane is going to fuck you think the stars you think the rangers going to resign him mm, depends what they do with their kids i think yeah. i think based on playoff experience or playoff you know playoffs i think they'd probably go Tarasenko over him anyways but kane is not my point is is that kane is not going to get the sydney crosby treatment of the penguins are going to eat crosby's salary they they owe it to him they're going to let him retire as a penguin right crosby will never have that one year of like well i played one year for the fucking Florida Panthers just to <laughs> take one more crack at, it. you know, like the, the Joe awesome. Thornton thing where he played 90% of his career in San Jose and then, you know, played two years somewhere else just to try to get a cup. Right. That's not going to happen. That with Sid anyway, Sid is going to retire a Pittsburgh penguin because he has the admit, he has the organization's respect. Kane does not have that. Kane just got traded for fucking peanuts and went to the Rangers. And now, you know, maybe he's a depth piece somewhere, but he's not who he used to be. And he's not going to, he's not going to get the Sidney Crosby treatment. Yeah. So, so to your point, I, I actually agree with you. I think, I think, it, I don't think it's really fair. It's crazy in some aspects. Sure. I don't no, think I, it's, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's fair for us to say, you know, even, even the owners, right? So the owners are still the, the, piece that's left from the debacle with Kyle Beach, right? That they're still there. They're always going to own the team. Sure. They they technically are still there, but they, you know, it, it probably didn't even get to them. Let's be honest until it just blew up. Probably and not. They're, they, they're, got, they don't give a shit about that. Yeah. And, and they got rid of everybody like you're saying, right? So you're kind of separating the people who were actually involved with the, the team itself. Right. So I, I do, I, I do agree with that. I think, you know, I think it's, I think people want to be angry, especially because, and I think, I think what actually stems people's anger is they just get rid of their two guys that took them to a bunch of cups, took, you know, just had unreal playoff success. And now they get a generational talent. I think, sure. I think that's where the, the original, you know, 
and and that's a fair criticism. That's an right. absolutely fair criticism. The Chicago Blackhawks have now. Okay, before we get into that, like context is everything. Perspective is everything in this. Like in the last ten to fifteen years, we think of the Chicago Blackhawks as a dynasty. Before that, like when you and I were growing up, the the Tony Amante and the Nikolai Javi Bullen years of the Chicago Blackhawks, they were fucking trash. Sure, and they were not good before that they were they were suffering from kind of a, a toronto maple leaf style drought where they hadn't won it since like i think the 60s yeah. so the blackhawks were suffering from their own drought and they came out of that quite recently so it's not like this isn't the there are there are no hockey fans that have any remorse for the montreal Canadiens. like they they have over 20 cups the next closest team i think is uh the red wings Oh, that's a good trivia question. Mm, that or Boston, something like that. I, I know the Red Wings are up there just because they're original 16. But in any case, nobody feels bad for the Montreal Canadiens. Like, oh, this was their year. Like, they, the, the fucking organization has like 20 fucking cups. They're fine. There, are, there There's more than enough to spread the, spread the talent around. Chicago has only recently been good, and they're bad now. And I think anybody who is still angry about this team like it, I mean, we can call, cross into the woke territory. I don't even want to get into the issue of the fucking black Hawk, like changing the logo and everything. I, I have strong opinions on that. Uh, and they're not there. Anybody who's pretty woke on this is not going to listen to my argument, but in any case, um, yeah, I, I think that Chicago, it, if it gives you any solace whatsoever, Chicago's not going to be good for another fucking four years four or five years maybe like Connor bedard is he is a generational talent so was jack eichel so is connor so is connor mcdavid like mcdavid it, how long has he been in the league and how long has it taken him just to get to this point yeah yeah i, you know I, I agree mean? with you I, I think it's i think it's still i think it's still four years until they're they can do anything but having a generational player like that definitely helps with free agency Absolutely. helps with a lot of things but they uh, traded away all their picks during their dynasty. Like they, they have, sure. they don't have a great farm system. Right. Like and they, so, yeah. it's not like there's somebody waiting in the wings, ready to jump on Bedard's wing and help him out. Like he, he's legit. I think they were making a joke on Twitter, but it's actually a possibility. He's going to be skating with Tyler Johnson on the first line, which Dude. we love Tyler Johnson. He's a Spokane boy, but he, Tyler Johnson probably is like, I think 34, 35 now maybe yeah. 33 34 like he doesn't need to be on the first line right it's, it's going to be a struggle it's it they're going to be bad like if anybody's sitting here going like oh they're fucking turning around no it, it's Connor bedard is in for some rough years folks like it, it's not if anybody wants to take any solace in that I, I i know that you know it's more exciting to plug bedard into a team that's young and hopeful like if he went to columbus uh Columbus is like goes from ooh I don't know to damn they might make the playoffs. Columbus go then moves to like a D away from being in the playoffs. Right, like they they're they're very close. Or any of those other teams, Ducks not so much, but um, they're they're there. Whereas Chicago and it, it's just if anybody thinks that they're just going to turn into a dynasty all of a sudden just because this guy goes on the team. Uh, newsflash it's hockey it's not basketball um sure. he's gonna he's gonna need a supporting cast and tyler johnson and seth jones are not it 
Yeah. I mean, as a as a Ducks fan, I should be the one yeah. that's the most pissed off, right? You yeah. know. But I think, yeah, it's a good point to se- separate it from all those all those old people. I think it's just you know it stems from just you know feeling like it's unfair because they they just got rid of Tank Kane and Taves and and now they're they're getting another guy who it could potentially be better than both of them combined, right? Like right. you know, as good as he looks in general, but. Yeah, I, so yeah, I think I think another point with the with that stuff is like, you know, I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see the draft and things like that. But like I was telling you, I, I didn't have any sort of expectations for the Ducks getting Bedard. I just it, it was never going to happen. Let's sure. be honest. Hey, you know, pick number two uh, is not bad, and the guy that you're getting is also a very solid player. If they go with Fantilli, I've heard a little bit of rumors on Leo Carlson, who, uh, rightfully so, actually, I think I think he is actually closer to Fantilli than a lot of people think, just watching his highlights and shit. Sure, but um, yeah, it, it, Ducks should go with Fantilli. He's he honestly like I was actually texting him with a buddy this morning uh, today that was saying like it sucks about Bedard, and I was like, to be honest with you, as good as Bedard would be, and and, and he's going to be a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. He's still small. And the one thing yeah. that the Ducks have right now is zero size. Yeah. So getting Fantelli, who's 6'2", 190 something right oh, now, yeah. right? Like he's going to be a big boy. Ducks and would be. So, I, I think the top four is set. Anybody else who's trying to say that the top four is not set is is trying to change the narrative or just trying to be edgy. Like I think the top four is set. Dude, because Leo Carlson's perfect for Columbus. He's a centerman, which they need centerman. Yep. It's perfect. Yep. Kid's super skilled. Uh, he fits in really well. And then Mitch Koff to the Sharks, who are just starting their rebuild. Yep. Right? It's perfect. The top four should go one, two, three, four. There's no excuse. But what, what do we know? We're fucking idiots. I don't know. We, it's, I'll give ourselves credit. We've done, we've done decent with draft stuff before in the past. Yeah. We might be not great at predictions, but we definitely have, have done okay with predicting the youth and uh, and staying up on that. Youth. Shout out! Shout out to uh, Boise Steelheads. They're they're in the playoffs for the ECHL mm. second round. Oh baby! Mm-hmm. Playing the Americans out of somewhere, probably America. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, any other thoughts on on the draft? I know my Red Wings got ninth. Um, it is a deep draft, so I mean anything's possible. The Kraken are looking at uh, multiple picks in in that. So. Yeah. Uh, I I did I did text you immediately when that happened because the Red Wings have like I think the ninth and the fifteenth pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, any chance you think that Iserman grows some fucking nuts, trades both of them to somebody to move up? These nuts. These nuts. I think he could. I think it's going to be really hard to get. It only gets you up like three five. spots, right? Like it gets yeah. you maybe the sixth spot. I think you could. I think the best he could do was sixth, and the the reason I say that is because uh, of just the the hype that's been coming around for Will Smith now. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think the top five are are looking like not necessarily generational all five, but I think they're they're top line guys. Sure. And, and I've been worried about Will since he slapped Chris Rock. So yeah, he he uh, <laughs> they put him in like a fucking chamber. <laughs> 
Now he's he's chilled out a little bit. Now I really want a I want a hockey movie with Will Smith. That would be so great. Well, now I've been seeing everybody calling him William because oh, because okay. they don't they don't want to yeah they don't want to do associating with will yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense okay in any case uh yeah i i i it kind of fell how you predicted there are not too many shocking things everybody kind of fell where they were supposed to fall mm-hmm. um more or less uh, no no crazy thing like you know the rangers jumping up or something like that so um yeah, that one year. So I, I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. Like Chicago still was historically bad, you know. Like at the end of the day, like we're talking a matter of degrees between them and the Ducks. Yeah, two, two point, one or two points. Yeah. So, it, so it's, it's not, terrible. it's not like, it's not like Chicago, you know, flung themselves up, you know, five spots. Like they, right. they right. stayed right where they were. And I think, I think if I was looking at it properly, most people stayed where they were supposed to be. I know the Red Wings were slotted ninth and they got ninth, so that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think anyone jumped more than like one. Okay. Yeah. So no, no crazy, no crazy stuff there. And and honestly, I think the draft will be fun because we will. I my prediction on this, and this this might be we can move on from this after that. But I I do think that because this year's free agency pool is so shallow, mm-hmm. we will see more activity at the at the draft trades. You mean? Yes, correct. I yeah, think people yeah, are more active there because usually during the draft, GMs can kind of talk themselves into, well, if I if I don't do anything here, I can always, you know, try to try to make a wing during free agency. Mm-hmm. When when we're in a free agency pool where like uh bunting is, you know, the the bell of the ball. <laughs> I, I I don't know. And in, on chatter on the red on red wing, especially with the red wings, I know them specific onto that but like chatter on red wings twitter is like it's time to we don't need more draft class like start use like start weaponizing these picks and start trading up or like making moves like the red wings need to get better um especially with all the shit they got so i i could see i could see the draft being a bit more exciting than normal yeah whereas free agency is gonna be boring as fuck i think bertuzzi bertuzzi for me is is that the, guy so much is the top of the forward list but that's just me uh he is i we'll put it this way boston would be very stupid not to resign him i would give him he, he's probably asking for five by five and i'd give it to him yeah like I, I think a, that's tyler great. bertuzzi is a fuck it like he'd fit in great on the kraken oh he'd fit in great on a second line anywhere dude anywhere Re- really any well i wouldn't say anywhere but most teams most teams that need that like I just think of Thomas Holmstrom with the guy like he's mm-hmm. just a he's the mule man. Well, the mule was Johan Franzen, but in any sure. case, yeah, um, the guy's just a fucking workhorse and he's a beauty. I think I, I loved when he got to Boston and people were like trying to learn things about him. He doesn't tape the top of his stick. Oh, like his like a knob. There's no, 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 like nothing. Like he just leaves it naked. He, he even takes the little plastic piece out of the top and it's just an empty fucking hollow hole at the top. I'm surprised they let him do that. <laughs> Sounds dangerous as fuck. Dude. Fucking psychopath. <laughs> nothing, just nothing at the top. Literally just a naked stick at the top. I mean, I hope they keep Hathaway so that I can hate Boston. That's true. That's true. You got to hate Boston. Yeah. All right. Let's let's round out the show with some uh, quick hits on the, fi- the remaining series. Uh, let's let's stay with the uh, the West here. 
Vegas Edmonton tied it two. Uh, let's before we before we dive into the series, let's talk about the the sussies that came out today. Um, one expected, one I wouldn't say not expected, really, but it's one of those like automatic trigger ones. So Darnell Nurse suspended one game for, and the coach was fined a certain amount of money for like instigating shit in the last five minutes. Apparently, that's a rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't instigate a fight in the last five minutes. And uh, thoughts on that before we move on to the obvious blatant one. Should have just been fucking scratched. Sure. The league the league can apparently vote on it and, and like get rid of it. And it's bullshit. I mean, even even Hague, you know, like hey, Hague was fighting him. Right. I don't know. It's just to me, it's just it's so Bush League, dude. Oh, Not absolutely. Such a Bush League suspension, but whatever. It's it's it it's a precedent that's set there to stop like end of game brawls. Old time hockey. I, yeah, I get it. I, I, get, I get it. Get but it. but that's dumb, and that's what people fucking want. Like I don't understand right. why. Like people want those fucking bench brawls at the end of games. So I don't I don't know where the NHL's come from on that. Uh, okay, let's go to the one that makes total fucking sense. Uh, Alex Bertangelo suspended only one game for. Uh, say a, a slash you could say i think what, it's some pronounced, could say slash other could say i think it's murder. pronounced paul bunyan day job i think is what oh. it's technically considered oh if if alex bertangelo were a character on spongebob he would be the hash slinging slasher definitely uh he and that was his tryout for scream six because he's gonna be a slasher. He was, he was, he was fucking training for the goddamn uh, lumberjack Olympics. All right, he Good fucking two handed the motherfucker. Good <laughs> fuck. He fuck. There's no, there's no world, no, no feasible. Like it's not. Well, he maybe had the puck. No, absolutely no, it's, not. It's long gone. No, he eyeballs him. No, he he sees him. Pretendo's like, well, I just got crumpled into the boards earlier by Kane. And if I break Drysaddle's forearms, we might have a better shot in this. So he, <laughs> he just oh, swings on fucking Drysaddle to the point where his stick breaks. So when McDavid comes in and challenges him later on, uh, Pretangelo's stick fucking just folds because of how hard he hit Drysaddle. Yeah. Uh, it's this is not. Look, you come to this show wanting old style hockey like yeah like we we're we're a little more lenient on you know big hits and fights and that kind of thing we we definitely appreciate old school hockey even in old school hockey terms this is not a hockey play like he was this is this is injury he's chopping lumber dude yeah yeah Uh. so all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this in your court but i'm gonna set the stage with the dusty bender patented three-step is it a suspension? And if it is, what should it be system? So number one, for those who are not familiar, here we go. Number the, number one, is it a penalty? And when I say, is it a penalty? I mean, I don't mean was something called. I mean, did he commit an act that is technically illegal in the game of hockey? Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> Sure as fuck, he did. That is a slash. It like they'll refs will use refs will use that footage for the end of time. Oh yeah, 
as as like an example of like this is a classic textbook slash (laughs) (laughs) right after the tripping one slash with uh, if you were in the military it'd be slash with extreme prejudice there you go yeah okay yeah so yeah uh step one is it a penalty you're fucking right you better believe it is all right number two was there intent to injure fucking yes yeah 100% Pertangelo's entire goal was to fucking break Dreisaitl's forearms dude (laughs) he was trying to fucking cut his hands off like he was a a a mid a a dark ages peasant who had stolen a turnip from a cart (laughs) and he's like oh the penalty of theft is losing your hands and he was just fucking trying to just Chop those motherfuckers off. Trying to maim him, dude. (laughs) Good God. (laughs) I just... I just... I I like to think... So just reading what everyone's saying on Twitter and shit. Like, literally people were like, well, if Kane didn't crumple him earlier... No! Like, okay. I understand being pissed off. But come on, dude. It wasn't even the right guy. It wasn't even the right guy. So, so basically, in that thought process, Petriangelo is thinking, okay, I'm the best player on our team for <laughs> sure. So I'm going to two-hand their best player way after the fucking play. Like, you can't even you can't even convince me anywhere close to that argument. That thing's just bullshit, dude. No. No. It's a terrible argument. All right. Oy. Last last step in our, our three-step process. Okay, so was it a penalty? Yes. Was there intent to injure? Yes last one was there an injury and i don't think so i think dry saddle's okay yeah i don't think he's technically out i i mean is that gonna fucking sting for the rest of the series fuck yeah yeah in in the words in the words of herb brooks yeah you got a bad bruise yeah like but i don't i don't think his forearms are shattered or anything bearing i mean he tried he certainly yeah, he, tried. Yeah, he but, gave it. He gave it his all, but I yeah, think but, I think you're right. I don't think there was technically like there's just a. I did see a couple a couple Vegas fans saying that uh, they should give Drysidle a suspension for a beautiful act. Oh my god! And I was like, "Are you okay?" Well, fucking kidding all right. me. Dude? All right, I will give very very minor credence to that. D- did Drysidle need to fucking fall onto the ice? And, and fetal position probably not but like did he sell it a little bit yes but but it was one of those where he didn't need to sell it like dry saddle could have fucking oh, it's terrible kept, like it, it it on its own he didn't need to sell it so i mean but my, my only so thing maybe was... maybe but that's not an excuse like that's my... not an excuse it's clear as fucking day that pete petro two-handed the motherfucker my only thing is, like, these people that are saying it have either probably never played hockey in their life. That's true. And, That's true. and they for sure haven't taken a fucking two-hand to the forearm. Or the right? homers. So I don't know what I would do. I've, I've, you know, yes, I got two-handed in our fucking adult league tournament the other day. On the, you know, threw my skate into the ankle, right? right. And I just, I just kept going and tried to beat his ass right like sure you know but I, the, the forearm is super fucking tender i don't know man sure uh, to me like i 
There's a good chance that I would fucking crumple too. That shit fucking hurt. I guarantee that. Possible. Shit very possible. And with how you know. hard Petro was swinging, very possible. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think there was a, a minor sell into it, but no, I, I, sure. I'm not doubting for a second that it didn't fucking hurt. Like Petro definitely hit him between the gloves and the and the elbow pads, to where there's no padding. Like he, yeah. he, oh, aimed yeah. he knew quite, right where he was. He oh yeah, right he knew exactly he where he was going, and yeah. he got him right where he needed to. So is there an injury? I, I don't think so. Nothing serious, but you've still got two out of the three. The, the the two out of the three that are so egregious. Like, it's not like, a, well, maybe he didn't mean to hit him. No, he fucking no, he he was trying to he fucking he cut his hands off. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's, it, I definitely think suspension. Uh, I do understand uh, the plight of many on Twitter where they're like, how does Darnell Nurse and pretangelo get the same number of suspension games for mm-hmm. what they did i think that's fucked up and the only thing that i the only response i have to those people is have you followed the last 10 years of the department of player safety that's just dops man like you get used to it like you just understand that it's not going to make any fucking sense there's no rhyme or rhythm like like how uh, mccann said after game four i don't know what the fuck goalie interference is anymore yeah yeah, which and I, I I seriously don't. So yeah, I don't either. Uh, that, yeah, that one was kind of a 50-50 for me. But tell me, um, so give me give me your give me your thoughts on this this Vegas Edmonton series. I love how chippy it is. It sucks that it got to that point, right? I think I think it sucks that it got to the point where you know Petrangelo felt like he needed to fucking just absolutely crumple his his forearm but i you know i i think i think i like that i you know i want to see these are the kind of series that go to seven games because that's that's just you know that's the kind of hockey you're gonna you're gonna be so upset that petriangelo did that edmonton's gonna go and they're gonna they're gonna win the next game right they're gonna they're gonna go win that game and then something's gonna happen in that game that that vegas is gonna hate and you know say Say Drysaddle crumples someone else, does it? You know, absolutely fucking two hand some guy in the in the other wrist, right? And and you know Vegas is going to come out game six and win that one, right? So I think it's just it's it's one of these series that because it's so chippy, because it's just so and and when you have a Vander Kane on the ice, it's just gonna it's just gonna ramp everything up. It's just the way that the guy plays hockey, right? But because it's so chippy and and just such a tough battle, it just makes the series better. Like you, you never want to see a guy fucking just haul off a two hand a guy in no. the forearm, but no. but this this just pissed off the Edmonton Oilers, and so you could see them come out real fucking hot the next game. You know, it's just it, it's such a good series. As much as I think Petrangelo probably should have been closer to three game suspension because it's a yeah. it's a clear clear intent to injure, and it's it's not good. You just basically by giving him the same amount of time as Darnell Nurse, you're basically saying everyone's free game you're just gonna get one game yep right go two hand fucking jack eichel right in the back of the legs and potentially you know just crush his hamstring and you're just gonna get a game but you, you know you're gonna win game seven right so right. i just or you know game six so it's just to me it's just uh, yeah the ops just fucking failed that one but yeah the series is great i mean the series is awesome it's it's been a good series. Um, this is like 
I, I like to think of it as like the Kraken Dallas series on steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, like you've it, like the Kraken in this scenario would be technically the team with depth, whereas Edmonton is the team with star power. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I will I will definitely admit that I think whoever wins the Kraken Dallas series will lose to whoever wins this series. Yeah, um, it might be too beat up, dude. Maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Vegas Vegas is the better team in this series. I will I will say that it's not by much, but Vegas is the better team in the series. I think that they're struggling from a a consistent historical problem of consistent goaltending. Like I, any given night, if if you don't follow the Golden Knights, you don't know who the fuck is going to be in goal for you. Sure. Like I I I, I follow them a little closely. I, I told you that you know I I, I enjoy Sinbin. Uh, so I, I listen to them and I, I know the situation they're going through, but in any given night, like if you don't follow them closely, you're like, who the fuck is Lauren Brassois? And why is he gone now for Aiden Hill? I saw him in the first 20 games of the season. Where, the, where is, Lo- is Aiden Hill? <laughs> where is right? Who is Aiden Hill? Where is Logan Thompson? Uh, didn't we just sign Jonathan quick? Where the fuck is he? Like it, it's a confusing situation for sure. Right. Um, I think game one and game three is where the better team won, uh, where it makes sense for the, for, for Vegas. Uh, game two was absolutely stolen by McDavid and Dreisaitl, where oh, yeah. you expect, which you expect them to do. Mm-hmm. And then game four was actually a rare moment where the depth of Edmonton came in. You got goals from uh, Bajukstad, Bouchard, Ekholm, and uh, R&H. So... Uh, RNH you know, is first of the playoffs. That's nuts. That's um, crazy. I mean, no, it's not nuts. Like you, uh, you and I have been always down on him thinking that he's just a product of skating with McDavid for his entire sure. career. Um, and, and I still stand by that. Now did game four did, you know, are you be saying, Oh, it was just all the depth. No, 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 no. Uh, McDavid's and dry fingerprints are all over this game. Uh, Bouchard was re- assisted by McDavid. Uh, Matthias Ekholm was assisted by Dreisaitl and Ryan Eugene Hopkins was assisted by McDavid. So it's, they're still involved in the play for sure. It's not, it's not like they were just left off the score sheet and the the other guys were like, we'll take it from here. It's (laughs) it's not how that happened. They were still very much involved. They just didn't put the puck in the net. Um, And that happens, you know, we've talked about many times on this show where Edmonton, a lot of their players are just guys that stand next to the post and have pucks bounce off of them. Sure. Like because Doug Glatt. Right, right, Doug Glatt. Exactly. He go. scores with his ass. With his ass. That's right. Um, yeah. I'm going to still stick with my Vegas pick in this series. I, okay. I feel like Vegas at the end of the day is the better team unless their goaltending issues just fucking ruin them, which which seems like it's happening. Like, I, I this team is, since they got rid of Flurry, rightfully so, they've been cursed with goaltending. Like the, the their their yeah, supposed fran- their supposed franchise goalie just had like three surgeries on two shoulders and a hip or two hips and a shoulder and is currently going through bankruptcy filing because his snake farm is not doing well. Does Burns Burns also owns like a snake or no he owns like an entire like reserve. God, goalies are so fucking weird, dude. Goalies are fucking weird. Goalies are fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in any case, like you don't even forget that Robin Leonard's on this team because they have literally four goalies in front of him right now. Yeah, that's but, not an embellishment. I'm like, oh, it's four goalies <laughs> or something like that. No, they Lauren Brassois, who just went down with injury, 
Aiden Hill, Jonathan Quick, who they just signed at the deadline, and Logan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Uh... Dude, most people would be on their fucking e-bugs by now just trying right. to make the playoffs. Right, but like it, it's like the Vegas owners knew that like we have terrible luck. with. We've been cursed by Marc-Andre Fleury, and we need four goalies to make it through the playoffs. Yeah, they deserve every second of that, though. Right, exactly, and, and they are. So um, I – for next game for game unless Vegas's Vegas's goaltending curse catches up with them, I still see them pulling this series out. But but I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Aiden Hill is just not the answer. I'll go the other direction. I think Oilers Oilers have the momentum. Okay. They're okay. feeling good. So I, I think yeah. I, I think I think Oilers take this one. I think it's very easy that I could go to seven, but yeah. Oh, I, I don't series. expect anything less. It, it This yeah. is definitely the makings of a, a seven-game series. Definitely. Yeah, I could see that. All right, uh, let's move on to the let's – go to, let's go to Carolina, New Jersey. That game wrapped up tonight. Uh, Carolina puts New Jersey away four games to one, five games. Uh, five games. Uh, Carolina, as we mentioned before, is still missing some of their top scorers and still – can I can I safely say easily put away the New Jersey Devils? Yeah, their Carolina's experience just showed up. Is yeah. that is that what you chalk up to it? I it's I mean credit to the Carolina Hurricanes, they're a great hockey team and whatnot, but it's hard not to look at New Jersey and be like, man, did we see this coming? Like, yeah, their goaltending is an issue. It is a huge glaring problem. It's, it's an like, issue. Vanacek uh, had a nice season, but man. Did not show up. Nope. Um, Akira was a great story in the first round, but it's, you know, he's not a Jordan Bennington where you just pull him out of the AHL and he's going to just fucking, you know, he's, he's the next coming. Well, he uh, just, it's just because he hasn't, he hasn't had great numbers. Right. Really at all. Right. right. So like, you know, it's very rare that guys kind of have that that type of career and then just all of a sudden they figure it out. Like, it's just very rare. Right. So. Well, and it's weird that they even, I mean, it, it was a great story in the first round, how he outdueled Shesterkin and beat out, for all intents and purposes, the team that people were many, many predicted win the cup. Uh, but he's just not it. And the fact that, you know, who is goaltending tonight? Vanacek? It's a great question. I didn't get to watch it. Didn't either. But thankfully, I have the NHL app pulled up right here. It was Schmid. Yeah, it's got to be him, right? It was Schmid. Uh, who, who didn't have a bad game? He had a .923 save percentage. Like, right. it, the game wasn't on him. It was a close game. It went to overtime. Uh, it's just this was a situation. If I'm a Devils fan, I know that this stings. I know that this sucks. But God, you guys got a great future. Oh, like the team this, is so so sad, dude. You they're they're a goaltender and maybe some offensive depth away from being a really good hockey club. Yeah, yeah. Like you just you've got to solve. If I'm if I'm the New Jersey Devils, we talked about it kind of in on the live stream. If I'm the New Jersey Devils, and if there's even a rumor that like if it's written on a bathroom stall, yeah, that perfect. Hellebuck is available. I'm fucking going after Connor Hellebuck. Oh yeah, you have to. Like, 
You're going after Connor Hellebuck. You're going after anybody that is a fuck. You're going after a, a, just a consistent goalie. All you need is consistent goaltending. This is one of those teams that could use a Darcy Kemper and do quite well. Yeah. Yeah. You just need something that's slightly reliable. Yeah. Because this I, is a team that can't, they score quite well. They just, got, they got to keep the buck out of their own net. Yeah. And, and they, so. Yeah, we got, we've talked about it briefly. Like, if they didn't have that, would they have a fucking 13-game winning streak or something crazy during the season? Yeah. If they didn't have that, they they might not have even been in the playoffs, no. right? If they went 500 through that, there's a good chance. So, yep. yeah, I think I think they have a little more work to do. I think they were more of a surprise, and then they were able to beat a Rangers team that really underperformed, I think, in general. But yeah. you came back from, from two, you know, 0-2, so – you know, th- those are those are things that Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and um, Dawson Mercer, like th- those are things that those guys are just going to take with them over the next 10 years. And it's, th- you know, losing in this round to Carolina who, you know, shit. That's, I mean, even with guys out, that's a, that's a Carolina team that has been very good for the last few years. Yep. Right. So, you know, yeah, it sucks. It sucks to lose. But yeah, Carolina was definitely and they Yeah. They're the and Svechnikov. Like they're still missing some guys too. Like they're the yeah. better team. Yeah. Like it's Carolina. Carolina's good. Carolina is good. And at this point, uh, I'm I I would I would not be upset at all if Carolina Hurricanes take it all. So um, yeah. they're a team. They haven't won it in quite a while, and it's a good squad. You know who who can't root for Rod Brendamore, or not Rod Brendamore? Fucking uh, I don't know why I came up with Rod Brendamore. Uh, fucking the coach on their team. I think it is Rob Brandmore. Am I right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. All right. I thought you were, yeah. I, I, you, I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know what, what I was right. thinking either. Yeah. I don't know. In any case. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Carolina is just, I, it's a great story. I love the team. And me personally, I like when non-traditional hockey markets do well because that's yeah. the game. So nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, Toronto and Florida. Toronto and Florida. Yeah. So uh, as we talk about this, Toronto was able to stave off elimination. They are down three games to one to the Florida Panthers who are giving off LA Kings 2012 vibes uh, where if they beat Boston, they can beat anybody. That's right, dude. Uh, I think people forget that this was a team that won the, the president's trophy last year. Yeah. Granted, the roster definitely looked different, but you've got guys stepping up. Bobrovsky's playing Vesna caliber level. What what's impressing you the most about the Florida Panthers? It's mm, a good question. I think they have more speed than I was thinking. I haven't watched a ton of Florida games this year, but they kind of like all of their skill players kind of have, you know, not necessarily dump and chase hockey. But they, they come at you in waves very similar to what the Kraken can do, but they have the it's, it's from their skill guys. Is there is there an element here of that? So feedback wise from Boston and Toronto fans, like right, apparently like Kachuk and Sam Bennett are assholes. Oh, they're fucking dicks, dude. <laughs> they're dicks. I, I, I honestly was watching I was watching that last game where uh, Toronto you know, finally got a win. And Bennett is like Bennett at the end of the game. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he didn't get any sort of <laughs> repercussions because 
He's just fucking socking this dude at the bottom of the pile. I fucking love it. I was just like, oh my God, dude, you are kind of a douchebag, bro. He is. He so is. And and then and then Kachuk fucking, you know, basically like him and Marner are just kind of standing there, and all of a sudden Chuck, it just must have clicked in his brain, like, oh fuck, this is like one of their best players. Let me just (laughs) headlock him and then sock him in the face twice. And people are people, you know, Toronto fans are like fucking, or you know. Cats fans are fucking Marner, such a pussy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're not, like, you wouldn't fight Matt Kachuk. Like, let's be honest here, you fucking pussy. And and Mitch Marner's not going to do it either because Mitch Marner is a fucking goal scorer. He weighs 110 pounds soaking fucking wet. Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it was just like, man, those, those two are feisty. And, I mean, but both of them are skilled. Both of them have, you know, I think Kachuk is a pretty quick player. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I just, yeah, all around. I, and I think, you know well coached i think i think paul paul maurice is good for that team sure i think i think they have actually a pretty deep uh defensive core right and we we kind of talked about them having a pretty deep defensive core going into the season yep. uh, but brandon montour is playing out of his mind josh mahara was so a great good. pickup from the ducks so good they still have gustav forsling and ekblad like it, it, the team is the team is actually deeper than you think really their biggest question mark was Bobrovsky, how can Bobrovsky and, play? And, and he's he playing did. fucking yep. lights out. He's playing great. Yep. So yeah, I, I think it'll be it'd be pretty fucking crazy to see Toronto come back. And like as much as I don't want to see no Toronto come back, that's those are the best. That's that's why we watch the Stanley Cup. So I you know, I want them to no at least way. at least go to seven and then the cats come there's, back. There's no fucking way. There's no, oh, that would, that's almost worse than them getting swept. Like if they make it to seven and Toronto fans have to deal with another game seven where they just get fucking stomped. Oh, okay. I almost want that. That's what I'm saying, dude. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I, I almost want that. Okay. That's fair. No, yeah. I, I, there's, there's no way like there's five teams in the history of the NHL that have pulled off a four game comeback in a series where they were down three Oh, and I I'm going to be fucking, there's no fucking way that the Toronto Maple Leafs do it. They barely pulled, they barely pulled out this last win. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to keep that Panthers team to one goal again. It's just not going to happen. No, it's, it's not going to happen. They, they barely pulled that fucking off. Uh, they, they won that game four just so they could go back and lose in front of their home, home fans in Toronto. It's, fair, it's fitting. Yeah, they they needed to get back there so they could they it, it's it's only it only makes sense. So um no, I in reality, I I just I'm not going to I I will I'm not even going to give a number of of series. I'd like to say that they probably lose tomorrow. Um I could have swore that they were going to get swept, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. I I just don't and 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 when it happens, we can probably go into the postmortem of the Toronto Maple Leafs and see how bad it's going to get. Uh, but I just don't, there's no way they cannot win. There's no way they're going to win four in a row. No fucking way. I think they win the next one. I think they, they win it. They win it, uh, at home, but then they're going to go back back down to Florida and Florida. Six. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I think that unfortunately for Dubas and maybe the core of this team, like it's, it's unless you get to the next round, you're done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But but Dubas, Dubas, I don't know how bad of a GM Dubas is, and I think we talked about it on the live stream a little bit. I think he's great. I, it, oh, he's it, great. He's going to go somewhere and make, I, make someone very happy. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is already very like just they're sitting they're they're that meme of the dude sitting behind the tree, you know, rubbing his hands like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait to have Kyle Dubas. Um, yeah, he's it's fantastic. I I, I think that Dubas is a good GM. I yeah. I think that his team is just not fuck. The problem is that you've got a core of immature guys that just don't want to fucking do it like i agree taveras instead of taveras we talked about this on the live stream like instead of taveras becoming a mentor for marner and matthews it's probably become adversarial where you know matthews yeah. is like i was here before i should be the captain blah 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 blah, blah, blah. uh marner's I'm like I'm gonna, than you. yeah i'm a marner's gonna call his dad on taveras you know taveras gets a probably. call from from uh rob marner or whatever the fuck his name is are you being are you being mean to my son? I was my son told me that you were mean being mean to me at practice today. <laughs> Tavares is like, I'm fucking 35 years old. I don't have time for this shit. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm <laughs> just getting up there. <laughs> whatever the whatever the age that terror is is. So yeah, um, no, I I don't I'm not I, fuck it. I'll say I'll say uh Florida in five. I like that. I that game, that game, dude. We did from the live stream. We did get a nice. We we can't say it on here, but uh, that stream is fucking money. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's oh good yep. god. Maybe maybe uh, the next live stream that we have. It sounds like we're we're set up for Saturday. So uh, if you're yep. if you guys are watching the Kraken Dallas game, jump onto our live stream for the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll we'll be on. You guys can follow along the game with us. That'll be fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Send us some send us some questions. We'll answer it live because. Uh, no, no one likes to ask us questions on Twitter. So that's right. Everybody, everybody's like, nah, you guys know everything. Yeah, that's right. They just, that's what, that's why they were asking questions. They wanted to test us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I like that. All right. Is that it? Have we got anything else? I got nothing. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks for watching. If you guys are watching on YouTube right now, uh, Dusty Under podcast can be found on any podcatcher that you listen in on. We are on Spotify, uh, Pandora, I believe, Apple Podcasts, uh, Player FM, all the normal usual suspects. We're now on YouTube. You guys can watch us live or uh, in video, rather. And then uh, we're also jumping in on, as we mentioned before, the Honky Podcast Network's live stream. So check us out on there. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're pretty active on both of those. And uh, if you guys are looking for some reading material or you want to have a nice cold beer, uh, check out the Spokesman Reviews article on the Hub Tavern and visit the Hub Tavern on Monroe in Spokane. Anything else, Taylor? Uh, chopping wood is strictly for lumber mm-hmm. and outdoor activities, not in the ice rink. That's very solid advice, I think. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>